And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs, Family Life presents the biblical story of King Josiah. A long time ago, in the land God had promised his people... There was a king named Josiah! Um, not quite yet, Kyle. What do you mean? That's who Sam said this story's about. Yes, but I think for this story, there needs to be a little more mm, context. Oh, context. Right. Continue. Thank you. As I was saying, a long time ago, before King Josiah, in the land God had promised his people, God's servant Joshua led the Israelites to glorious victory. They took the land and divided it up amongst themselves. All seemed good, but Joshua had a warning for the people. My good people, you have seen what God has done for us. He has made us a great nation and our territory stretches from the Jordan River all the way to the Mediterranean. It's kind of like God promised, isn't it? Now look, I'm getting old. I remember being a slave in Egypt. I remember the golden calf. I remember God using the cloud to lead us through the wilderness. I've seen what happens when we obey God. And I've seen what happens when we don't. You see, all of this new land God has given us, if we follow him and the law he gave us to follow, we will never be removed! Yeah! But if we turn away from God and follow the false gods that were here before us, let's just say that the false gods didn't do our enemies any favors. To sum it all up, do what God says and don't get all mixed up with the evil practices of those who came before us. After giving the nation of Israel these warnings, Joshua died. The people heeded his warning, and they lived happily in the land for a while. Hi there, you new in town? Me? Oh no, my family has lived here for generations. Generations? But we just took over the land like a few decades ago. Yes, well, I'm not an Israelite like you. I'm a Moabite. You worship your god, and I worship all of my gods. See? Hello, cutie. Welcome to our lambs. Aw, thanks. You're cute too. It was about then that the Israelites started dating the people who lived in the land before them. After that, they got married, and the false gods that once were hunted down and destroyed by God's people were found all over the place, and Israelites were starting to think, You know, these false gods are kind of fun. I mean, my wife sure likes them. I might as well start worshiping them too. And just as Joshua had warned, this led to serious trouble. For generations, God's people would turn away from him and follow other gods. Then raiders would drive them from their homes. Then they would turn back to God, and God would help them until they turned away again. Throughout most of the Old Testament, this was the pattern. And things got so bad at one point that the whole nation split in two. That's not great. No, you're right about that. After years of worshiping idols, the nation of Israel was finally wiped out leaving only the second kingdom, Judah. And it's in Judah that our story takes place. So, are we ever going to hear about King Josiah, or was there some sort of change of plans? Yeah, I'm still waiting for my part. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. We hear all about Josiah soon, right after this program. And now we return to the story of King Josiah. Are you almost to the Josiah part? Almost. But first, I've got to talk about his grandfather, King Manasseh. Ah, uh, come on! Don't worry, Olin. We're almost there. King Manasseh was a pretty horrible king. He set up all sorts of places to worship all of the false gods, and he worshipped the stars in the sky. He was so bad that God let the nation of Assyria take him as their prisoner. That's when Manasseh realized that he had only one choice. Lord, I've done wrong things in my life. 
You've shown me that though I am a king, I am nothing without following your commands. Please set me free from these chains, and I will be your servant, and yours only. I beg you, take me home to your holy city, Jerusalem. God heard this prayer, and he knew that Manasseh really meant it. And so he caused King Manasseh to be released and brought back to Jerusalem, where he told his people to only worship God, and he did so until the end of his days. King Manasseh's dead! Long live King Amon! King Amon? But what about Josiah? He's coming a little sooner than you might expect, too. Sam's right. King Amon started off just like his dad. Instead of worshiping the one true God, he worshiped idols. But unlike his dad, he didn't turn from his wicked ways, and it was only two years into his reign when he was murdered by his own advisors. Wow, that was quick. That it was. At the ripe age of 24, Amon passed the crown to his son. 24? That's not old at all. How old was his son? Two? Uh, eight, actually. And now that I'm finally part of the story, it's time to make some changes around here. Changes, your grace? Yes, indeed. I may not be very old, but I am not blind. I saw how my grandfather and dad lived, and how God dealt with both of them. I therefore have decided that the one true God of David, Moses, and Abraham is the one that we should all serve. Not so fast, your grace. You still have a bit of growing up to do before you start making any big decisions. Aw, do I have to? Well, the Bible says here that you didn't really get started in making changes until you were about 20. Fine, as long as you think it's worth it. Of course. During this time, Josiah learned how to rule as a king, and more importantly, how God wanted him to rule as a king. He did everything he could to learn about God. But as God's law hadn't been followed in many years, it had kind of gotten lost. Wait, the Bible got lost? How did Josiah learn how to live for God then? That's a good question, Kyle. And I have to think that it was by talking to the priests in God's temple, as well as just praying to God regularly. Okay, so I grew up and learned a lot, when do I get to fix the kingdom? Right after this program. And now we return to the story of King Josiah. After many years of study and preparation, King Josiah was finally ready to make some big changes in his kingdom. It's about time. Longest 12 years of my life. Oh, King, what is your first decree? We're going on an idol hunt. Oh, I see. A what now? I decree that every god that my grandfather brought into this land and my father worshipped shall be destroyed. We will go into the four corners of my kingdom and wipe any trace of them off the face of the earth. Sounds like a lot of work. It's a big mess and I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. Follow me, men. And for the next six years, Josiah did just what he set out to do. He went to every mountaintop and hilltop, every town and every ruin, and he destroyed everything that had anything to do with the evil that had dwelt in the land. Your Majesty, I found more little statues. Great job. You want to grind them into powder for me? I'm busy ripping apart this altar to the stars. No problem. Yeah. Sorry, just smashing these idol worship poles. Poles? Yeah, idol worship is pretty weird. That's why I don't think about it too hard. Good idea. Once I'm done here, I'll give you a hand with that smashed wood, and we can use it to burn the bones of the priests who used to worship the false gods. Burn their bones? I mean, sure, but isn't that a tad extreme? Only as extreme as God's hatred for idolatry in our land. Okay, makes sense. Did he really do all that, Mr. Jacobs? He sure did, Everett. He had seen firsthand what idolatry could do to a nation. And though he didn't know all of what God had commanded, he knew that he would serve God with all of his heart, strength, soul, and mind. 
If that meant burning up old priest bones to erase them from history, so be it. I still think it's a bit extreme. No arguments here. After he had finished there, he turned his concerns back to Jerusalem. Now that I've torn down all the places where we worship the false gods, it is high time we fix the place where we worship the real God. I want the Temple of God to look like it did back when it was built. I want the world to know that when they walk into the city of Jerusalem, they are walking into the city of the God of Gods. Hilkiah. Yes, my lord. You are the Lord's high priest. I'm going to give you enough money to refit all the temple to its former glory. Use this money to hire carpenters, builders, and other workers, and make sure everything is perfect. Yes, your majesty. Right away. And so they went to work. The stain of the idol worship was being chipped away, and soon Hilkiah would make an amazing discovery. And now, the conclusion of the story of King Josiah. Construction on the temple was going very well. Carpenters replaced broken beams, workers hauled out all of the remnants of altars to idols, and cleaners were hard at work, purifying the soiled temple walls. The high priest wasn't standing by and watching either. He was like his king, working hard alongside them. And as he did so, he caught sight of something he had never noticed before. Wait, what's that? A scroll? Lots of scrolls? I wonder what... Oh my word! Hilkiah ran out with his discovery. Chiffon! Chiffon! What? What is it, Hilkiah? Did you see another spider? No, no, no! These scrolls! They need to go to the king! I found the law of God! All right, but you'll need to cover my ship. And so the king's secretary went before him. Oh, Chiffon, glad you've come by. I've been wondering about the temple project. Got any updates? Just that everything's going as you commanded, my king. The money is being distributed, and everyone is getting paid for their work. Wonderful, wonderful. Anything else? Oh, uh, Hilkiah gave me a book that he wanted me to give you. A book? What's it about? If it's the one about the wild man at the well, I've heard it before. No, no, this is, this is different. Ahem. Here's a part called the Ten Commandments. Number one, you must not have any gods before me. Two, you must not make any statues of gods. Three, you must never use God's name with disrespect. As King Josiah listened, he realized that these scrolls were the lost law of God, the rules God had given Moses, the ones that Joshua had told the people of Israel to follow. These scrolls told not only what to do, but the destruction that would come if the law was not followed. The king realized that they were all in serious trouble and tore his royal robes in distress. We're in trouble, Shaphan, deep trouble. What do we do, your majesty? We need to hear from God. Do you know of any prophets? God always talks through his prophets. They share the messages that God has for us. I don't? Maybe Hilkiah knows of somebody. Yes, good. Take him with you, along with your son and Abdon. Find out what God wants us to do. I have a feeling it's not good news. And so, the king's servants and the high priest found a prophet and went to meet with her. Hello? Good evening, ma'am. We're here to ask you something. Provided your name is Holda. That's me. Come on in. Great. Wipe your feet, guys. Oh, right. Thanks. So, you have come to ask me what God has to say? That would be helpful, yes. Here's what God told me to say. He said, I am going to bring disaster to this land and its people. All of the curses you read in that book will come true. Because of all the evil they have done, testing my rage, I will pour out that rage on the land and I will not be stopped. So... Word toast is what you're saying. There's more. <laughs> Tell the one who sent you that because he has humbled himself and tore his robes and wept before me, I have heard you and your prayers. 
This destruction will not come during your lifetime, and you will die in peace. That's it? That's what God said? Yeah, pretty much. All right, gather all the people. They need to hear the word of the Lord. And so, King Josiah went up to the temple and read the law of God, and everyone, from the greatest to the least in the kingdom, heard it. And on that day, King Josiah promised God that he would follow his law with all his being, and the kingdom did the same. And so from that day until Josiah died, the kingdom lived in peace. So, is that it? Is what it, Olin? The story of Josiah, the kid who became king and taught everyone to follow God's rules. Isn't that enough? I mean, I guess, but but most Bible stories of people doing things like getting thrown to lions or killing giants or building an ark or something. Yeah, it's a good story and all, Mr. Jacobs, but I guess what we're saying is it's no wonder that this story isn't in most Bible coloring books. Yeah, so why did you think this was a good story to act out this morning? Good question, Everett. For one thing, the story is about a great king who did what was right, even though it wasn't easy. That's worth learning about by itself. But another reason is, I think we can learn from Josiah's example. Example? But we're not kings. <laughs> Maybe not, Olin. But we are still under God's laws. And like King Josiah, we have a choice. Do we follow God, or do we follow our own hearts? Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. Josiah had two examples in his life that he could have followed, his dad or his grandpa. The Bible doesn't tell us how well he knew his grandpa, but I suspect that he must have learned something from him if he turned out so well. There's a good chance, Sam. Another person that he might have learned from is his mother, but the Bible doesn't say. That's worth looking into, though. Where can I find the story? There are a couple places. 2 Chronicles 34 and 2 Kings 22. I'll go check that out. Thanks. Okay, but is there any other reason this story is important, Mr. Jacobs? Still not convinced, Kyle? Let's just say I'm being thorough. All right. Another lesson that I get from this story is its message of hope. Hope? Sure. It's not easy to live for God when that's not in your family's history, let alone your culture. The lands of Israel and Judah were packed full of all sorts of evil things related to worshiping idols. Like what? Well, um, stuff that isn't very kid-friendly. Oh, like bad movies? Kind of, Owen. That's a good way to put it. Anyway, when your family is involved with things that go against God's commandments, it can seem impossible to escape that kind of life. But like it says in Matthew 7, 7, if you look for God, you will find him. And if you ask for his help and forgiveness, he will give it to you. Kind of like King Josiah did. And he was a kid, just like us. Right, and who knows? Maybe you'll be able to help the rest of the family find God's forgiveness as well. In the meantime, love God and love others. Wait, I, I know that one. Luke um, 10, 27. Very good, Kyle. I think it's in Matthew too, but we already did a verse from there, so, you know. 37. Right. Well, I've got to go, Mr. Jacobs. Thanks for the story and having us over. Yeah, me too. The pleasure was all mine. Are all of you guys done with the radio then? I think so. You guys? Yep. I am. Pretty sure we are. Why? I was just thinking of asking... Right, right. I'll turn it off. Many thanks. <laughs>